I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. I feel like I need to mention this now. I was down in the clubhouse. It was 11-11. I was standing next to Kirilov, and I said, I'm going to use this wish right now for you. I said, please, I wish that Alex Kirilov hits a homer today. And he says, if that happens, I'm going to point to you up in the press box. Driven to the left. Kemp chasing it, looking up. And that ball is caught a home run to the opposite field. All right, Mr. Plouffe, stand up so he sees you. He better point up here. 11-11, make a wish. Little oppo taco. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh my goodness, I am so happy right now. That was awesome. That was awesome. It's going to be a great week. It's going to be a great week of baseball. It's going to be a great week of baseball. Isn't boring podcast and content. It was already a great weekend. Coming off the All-Star break, and that was another example of that home run call. Home run call a day from Trevor Plouffe and Dick Brummer. The home run promise with Alex Karoloff doing the honors for the Minnesota Twins. I want to thank FanDuel, first off. Thank you, FanDuel, for being part of our family, helping us power through the season. And everybody go to FanDuel.com slash boring. That's FanDuel.com slash B-O-R-I-N-G to get the absolute best deals and makes a lot of money. Well... It's time to get to the meat and potatoes of this season. Heading into the trade deadline, standings have never been more important this entire year. Why? It's not necessarily determining where a a team is going to finish, but teams have to define themselves heading into the trade deadline, and that would be two weeks from tomorrow as we tape this. All right, well, let's start with the American League East. Holy mackerel. The Orioles are one game back of the Rays. One game back 
Also in the East, Toronto, they are a wild card team right now. Also, Red Sox, Yankees, tied, both 50 and 44. Oh my goodness. First team, first time ever going through this many games in the season. You've had two teams, both at 50 wins uh, in the division. Every team in the American League East at 50 wins. Both the Yankees and Red Sox, they are two games out of the wild card. Going to the Central, Minnesota two and a half up on Cleveland. Everybody else, well, okay, you want to say Detroit? They're in it. Well, there's uh, six games back in the division. White Sox eight and a half. Probably sellers, and they're going to be defining themselves even more in the days to come. I would imagine the Rangers. The Rangers came out of the gate hot, sweet three in a row. They're three games up on the Astros right now, and the Astros though they are a wild card team. Seattle, they're five back in the wild card. The Angels, ooh, devastating loss. Six games back. Six. Everyone's got their eyes on the Angels. In the National League East, Miami's still a wild card team. Of course, the Braves, they're running away with it in first place. And the Phillies, they're just a half game out of the wild card. The Mets, get ready to sell, man. Like, give up the hope. Give up the ship. They're one of these teams that came into the break saying, well, if everything breaks right, then maybe we get back into it. They're eight and a half. Probably not happening. The Reds, they're two games back in the division now. They've lost four in a row. America's team, they've lost four in a row. You know why? The Brewers, they've won four in a row. They swept the Reds. So the Brewers, two games up on the Reds. Reds, two games out of the wild card. Everybody wants the Reds to win. They want to see Ellie De La Cruz and company. Uh, everybody else in the Central, fading fast. The Cubs, eight back. A lot of pieces there. Cody Bellinger. Marcus Stroman, really interesting, and they're eight back. Tough one, tough one for the Cubs to come back from. And Pirates, they're ten and a half back. I mean, they're they're only a game in front of the last place Cardinals right now. So we know where they're at. We're starting to see some of these teams define themselves when it comes to the trade deadline. And finally, the NL West. You have the Dodgers. They're a game and a half up on the Giants. Two games up on the Diamondbacks. But the Giants and Diamondbacks, both wild card teams. And the Padres. Good luck, man. Same thing as the Mets. You, you want to hope, you want to dream, but you're eight games back in the wild card after losing three in a row. So there you go. There's the standings. Wanted to give you an update of that. Felt like it was a, an important exercise to do heading into the week, especially heading into the last couple of weeks before the trade deadline. It is trade deadline season. Oh, and I want to make also the point of this. You want to know why baseball's in boring? We mentioned Ellie Dela Cruz and the Reds, and obviously they lost, and they got to get going. The two games back, but if you ever want to see a play, if you ever want to keep tabs of a player and what he does every day, do Ellie Dela Cruz. And yesterday was a perfect example. Sunday, fastest infield thro- throw ever since the Statcast era has begun, fastest ever, and you can check that out. On our socials, our excellent socials with producer Evan doing an awesome job dominating. Producer Evan running the at BB isn't boring Instagram account and a Twitter account. I chime in as well every once in a while. And speaking of Ellie Dela Cruz, if you want to get the what's what when it comes to how they found him and his evolution, go back and listen to our podcast with Richard Jimenez, who was 
a scout with the Reds at the time, was basically the guy at the point guy is signing and discovering Ellie De La Cruz, 130 pounds of Ellie De La Cruz, six foot five. It's a great podcast, and since Ellie De La Cruz is always in the news, it's one that's going to make you look smart. So there you go. All right, trade deadline season. We are continuing our trade deadline confession series. Uh, it is something that no other podcast is doing. We did it throughout the All-Star Game. Talked to a lot of people, a lot of players there, talking about their experience with the trade deadline. We aren't stopping there. We have five players, five players giving their trade deadline confessions, giving us their experiences when it comes to the trade deadline. And as you hear in each of the – basically in each of these interviews, I say, I proclaim to these guys – I have never been traded, so please tell me what it's like. I especially have never been traded at the trade deadline. So five guys, Trey Mancini, Chris Martin, Michael Fulmer, Anthony Kay, and Jake Faria, all give perspective, which which I thought was excellent, and also we like stories, and there's a lot of great stories. And so we're going to kick it off with Mancini, who was involved with maybe one of the biggest trades of last year's trade deadline. He was part of a three-team deal involving the Orioles and the Astros. Really interesting when you look back, and obviously the Astros win the World Series, so it, it worked out for them, but... Some of these other teams, the or- the Orioles got a guy named Chase McDermott, who is a pretty good young pitcher, just got promoted to AAA. So there you go. And how about this? Tampa Bay gets Jose Siri. Jose Siri, the guy who plays center field, the guy who is having a breakout year. So it was an interesting trade. You could make a case that all three teams made out. But Trey Mancini, who now plays for the Chicago Cubs, he gives a quick, uh, 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 gives us an opportunity to take us behind the curtain when it came to that trade, what it was like at the time, what it was like leading into it, and what it felt like across the board. All right, here you go. Here's Trey Mancini. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. There's family. There's, hey, what's up? There's rumors. There's, good, there's the actual trade. Good, Take me through for you what that was like. Um, like last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, when I was on the Orioles, we were playing really well, um, a lot better than anybody expected, and we were I think a game above 500 when I got traded. So I knew it was like a 50-50 shot. Um, but it's crazy, you know. I'd been in the organization for 10 years, and and. Um, your life kind of gets uprooted, but at the same time, you get to experience going to a new place and meeting new teammates and seeing different things. So, um, you know, I loved Baltimore so much, but it was also a cool experience getting to play in Houston. Was it, you know, the anticipation of it, like you said, it, you were sort of in the, in the middle, maybe, maybe not. Was the days leading up to it sort of anxiety-ridden? Not really, because I think there had been years before where there were rumors possibly about me getting traded, and I got caught up in it. And I finally got to the point last year where I was able to stop worrying about it. Didn't pay attention to it at all. So, you know, the one year that I didn't really think about it that much or pay attention to it too much um, was the year I got traded. So, you know, that's how things work in baseball. What's the day like? Uh, How did that happen? Everyone has a story. Um, Like It was a normal day. Uh, We were in... Texas about to start a series against the Rangers. I took, went to the field, took early BP, um, and then I was actually like FaceTiming my wife um, after that. And I was like sitting in the outfield, like turf, and uh, the manager like came out of the dugout and like called me in. Uh, Brandon Hyde called me in and um, yeah, told me I'd gotten traded to Houston. It's tough because the team wants you, but at the same time, these are your guys, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like the epitome of bittersweet. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. like good and bad on both sides. So um, yeah, it's a crazy experience. And the last thing is, it's just like I'm just talking to Jake Fourier over there about his how his wife basically she just she springs into action. Does your family spring into action, or is it? Is yeah, my wife had to basically like move us out by herself because I was on the road in Texas. Houston was home, so I flew from Dallas to Houston and was like playing the next day. But my wife was in Baltimore and stayed back and had to move our whole life out. So it's you know a lot. It's it's more on them, I'd say, than us. All right, another guy who was traded last trade deadline. That would be July thirtieth, two thousand twenty-two was current Red Sox pitcher Chris Martin. And he was traded from the Cubs to the Dodgers for Zach McKinstry. So Martin, this was not the first time that he dealt with a trade deadline deal. He was also part of a deal in 2019 that sent him to the Atlanta Braves in exchange for Colby Allard from the Texas Rangers. So that's two trade deadlines. Chris Martin... Two trade deadlines, and now he's going through it again, waiting to find out what the Red Sox are going to do. We think there were going to be buyers, but again, two weeks to go. But he gives perspective about how important these trade deadline deals can be. All right, here you go. Here's Chris Mark. All right, there's a lot that goes into being part of a trade deadline. Yep. There's the rumors. There's the actual trades. There's the moving the family. There's these hellos. There's the goodbyes. Um, take me through when you when it happened to you. Well, I can tell you the rumors. I mean, I, I don't know how much you can believe in them. Um, a lot of the stuff, in my experience, uh, a lot of the rumors were not true. Um, and this is the, the year that you were actually trying to... Or a couple, I mean, couple, you've couple been out a few different times, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. The first, uh, in 2019 when I got traded, I'm not going to lie, I thought about it a lot, you know. Kind of like, will I get traded? Like, if, like, where? You know, obviously you had family and stuff you had to think about. And, uh, you know, it was pretty exciting. You go from a team that isn't going to make the playoffs to a team that is in the hunt. And that's cool to get to experience. Um, yeah, it's... Is it hard, though? Like, so let's start with the, the rumors. Second, the second time, yeah, the rumors, you just, you know, obviously I've learned... With, it, with my experience is to kind of stay away from Yeah, everything. but that's with your experience. How about when you first... Yeah, you, you looked at them. You're like, man, I can go here, there. <laughs> like, and it was all over the place. And then a team that is never talked about is the one who actually gets you. So yeah. It's, uh, so if I had any advice for any guys that are in the in the trade market is just compete and play baseball. All right. Um, yeah, so... So then, so, okay, now... The, the deal actually happens when you find out how do you find out just yeah. talk to someone who found out while he was going to a movie like looking at a Twitter you know everyone has a different story how, how, how did it happen to you yeah I'll go with these I was with these guys the Cubs last year it's the most recent trade I've been in uh, I was I woke up and had a bunch of missed calls and, and voicemails obviously because those guys are getting up a lot earlier than me and I called them back and kind of had a good idea of what was about to happen I think it was the day before the deadline and uh, just say, hey, we appreciate everything you did for us, uh, but you're going to your next destination, so figure it out. Do you expect it? Were you expecting it? Or like- I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of expected it last year. Obviously, you know, obviously there was a little doubt, and I didn't have, like, the greatest numbers. Um, ERA and all that stuff wasn't great, but obviously there's some numbers that were good. So, yeah. And I knew I had experience in the playoffs and World Series and stuff like that, so... Had a pretty good chance of going to contender. First time was 2019, right? Yeah. 
So was that different? That was a lot different. All right. You know, that was the first time going to a contender, being in a playoff race. Man, it was stressful. <laughs> um, you honestly you go, to be honest, you go and try to do too much. Um, you know, the first week there, I got, I didn't do so well. You know, a lot was on my mind. I just traveled, brought my whole family, you know, to the to the area, and they expect you to come out and be their ringer. Like they just went and got you, and they needed help in that area. And you go out and you stink it up, and it's not a good feeling. But luckily, uh, I can. Ron Washington was a big help for me over in Atlanta. He pulled me aside and said, Hey, man, you don't have to do anymore. Uh, just go out there and be yourself, uh, have fun. And I was like, Man, it, the guy's been around this game for a long time, and, and it was cool that he was, you know, he didn't have to pull me aside. Yeah. That. And it was, you know, I kind of took off from there. But thank you for saying that, because again, yeah. this is a type of perspective that. I think that people should know we're here to educate and inform and and also like because there's a lot of guys who haven't gone through it and you go to did you know many guys on that team when you went there over in Atlanta yeah oh man I don't think I knew anybody yeah so perfect example so I talked to Valdi about this the other day when he came to the Red Sox in 2018 he didn't know anybody right and fortunately for him he was nails like right out the gate but you want to go in there and say hey everybody look at I don't know any of you but I am going to be your savior you want to prove yourself to a new team to a new organization like you want to show them that you you know you just made a you made the right choice in choosing me and you know, obviously, for me in '19, it did go that way out of the gate, and but what's that like? I learned to, a lot from it. You know, you, you? you get a, yeah, it's part of the experience and you know failure and things like that that you get out of, and you're like, man, I'm such an idiot. Like, why did I think that way? You know, and then you take that knowledge and you move on, and you use it down down the road. What's it like to try too hard as a pitcher? Like, like is it? I it seems like okay, I get it. M- mentally, like you're yeah. trying too hard, but like. Okay, how does that like manifest itself in actually like not doing well? I think when you go out and say you, there's a little more pressure on you, and you know, say you give up a leadoff hit, and now you start to feel it a little bit. Uh-huh. Like, oh man, I really I got to do more here to get this guy out or to get a, get the ground ball, and instead of just being relaxed and just focusing on that one pitch and convicting your one pitch at a time. And sometimes when you do a little too much, your mind is thinking about things it shouldn't be, and. Uh, Instead of focusing on that one pitch. One of the things that um, Fulmer said was that like the first person he talks to is the catcher, right? Yeah. I mean, so that's the first person you got to get to because you had been with. That's the another part of this. Whether it's you were there half a year, you still started spring training with this team, yeah. and you've developed a relationship. So that you have to. There's a steep learning curve, right? Yeah, as you can see, there was a little bit of the growing pains for me in the start of the year. Yeah, you know, obviously I had a little shoulder issue, but I think the bigger thing was just trying to get to know everyone's trying to get to know me. I was trying to get to know the catcher, at Wonger, and Reese, and uh, Alfaro. Obviously, you don't get to work with them as much in spring. Um, and then, you know, once that experience grows and that trust grows, like, not just from the catcher standpoint, like, Wong's got to, and Reese have got to trust, like, you know, I've got the stuff to, to call the right pitches and um, things like that. That, you start to gel, and I think that's when pitchers start to take off is when they get comfortable with 
you know the, the guy behind the plate. So I always use this example, and this this is a while ago, a long time ago, because it involved Tory Hunter. And Tory Hunter went from the Twins to the Angels. He said, "I didn't feel like I was an Angel until I hit this game-winning grand slam." Sometimes there's just that moment. Yeah. But it, for you, was there a moment this I year? I mean, that's Tory Hunter. That's one of the, right. one of the best players. I mean, like, you think he was a human being, right? It, it just shows you right there. Like, no matter who you are, you're still a human being, and you have. You know, there's certain things mentally that you have to get past or learn to to manage. Yeah, um, yeah. Like you said, he didn't probably didn't feel like he was worthy until he did something to help the team win. Did, did you have that? Mo- I mean, it's a little bit different with relief pitchers, I guess. But did you have that moment? Shoot, in 2019, I'm pretty sure I gave up seven runs in my first two or three games. I gave up a walk off homer on the road. I remember going in that clubhouse feeling like, I mean. And I just let this whole team down, and they don't even know me. Um, but like I said, like you know, being able to come out of that and still having success, um, you grow from that, um, and uh, just kind of move forward. And just always remember them days. Like those are the humbling things that you got to remember. See, this is good. The trade deadline can teach you a lot about yourself. Yeah. About you know you as a person mentally and things like that. And, yeah, the strong survive. That's good, man. Because I hope somebody listens to this, and we're yeah. here. So. Trade deadlines can be stressful if it, you know, it's your first time. Obviously, leading up to it, you, it's on your mind. Like, man, I, where am I going to go? Like, am I going to go? Are we, you know, things like that. Now, for me, it's not even on my mind. No. I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win with the team that I'm on, and no matter where what the situation is and then if it happens it happens you figure it all out the next, I mean one day at a time yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's an interesting time of the year obviously it's it's like GM Super Bowl and oh yeah like well, listen, it's like they're working really hard behind the scenes and you just hope your players are out here just I think for the most part yeah, and, some, and sometimes and I've talked to Kenley about this too sometimes it's like Let's put pressure on them. This, you know, like I think from what Kinley is saying, um, I can attest to this in 2021 with the Braves. We went and got Jock Peterson before the deadline. We're like, okay, everyone, we were kind of on that edge. Like, you don't know, are we going to sell? Are we going to buy? Like, what, what does the front office think of this yeah. team? And when the front office goes and buys somebody, like, okay, they are. That, that, that was the, that wasn't like right. At, that was a week or that was a little bit earlier, wasn't it? Or? Yeah, a couple weeks before. Yeah, the so that I mean, meant a lot, huh? Yeah, I mean, it gives you a little spark. It's like okay, the, you know, not that you really need it, but you're like okay, the front office believes in this team and think we can win, and it gives you a little spark. And then you go and get a couple guys at the deadline. And you're like, oh, all right, yeah. they're serious. They think we got a shot at this. And then, I mean, you saw what happened that year. All right, we're not stopping there. We got another guy who was traded last year at the deadline. That former rookie of the year, former first-round pick, pitcher Michael Fulmer, now pitching for the Cubs. And he was traded last trade deadline on August 2nd. He's traded from the Tigers to the Twins so for minor leaguer Sawyer Gibson Long. But it was the second time that he went through this process at the deadline. Before he was involved in a 2015 trade deadline deal as the centerpiece guy in a trade involving the Mets and the Tigers for Yoannis Cespedes. You may remember him as the outfielder, the, the hulking outfielder uh, who played for the A's, played for the Red Sox, played for the Mets, Yoannis Cespedes. So that was 2015. So again, a guy who's experienced this twice, maybe looked at it a, bit, a little bit different the first time compared to the second time, but... Either way, 
We're going to give you perspective that you aren't going to get anywhere else. Michael Fulmer helps with that. We, we look at the trade deadline, and there's so much that goes into it. Um, obviously, there's rumors, there's actual trades, but there's also like the human uh, element of it, of leaving one team going to another. And from your perspective, like when you think of it and going through it, what, what's some of the things that jump out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just trying to move uh, yourself and your family to a new city uh, in the middle of the year. Um, you know, I know a lot of people think that we're just ball players and show up and play ball and we feel great every single day, and uh, but that's not the story behind it. You know, we've got I've got a wife and two kids. Um, and I did it last year. Uh, I got traded at the deadline. Luckily enough, I went from Detroit to Minnesota. Uh, we were actually playing in Minnesota at the time, so I just switched clubhouses. <laughs> um, you know, but I think it's it's something that. Uh, it's part of the business. Um, you know, it is what it is with uh, with that. And um, But I think the main thing is moving from one city to another with, uh, while taking care of a family, uh, trying to figure out what their travel plans are and what to do with the old house and uh, or the rent house you have in one city and trying to find a new place to stay in the other one uh, for the, the next couple of months. So I think just all of it, besides the baseball uh, aspect of things, it's more... Um, the moving aspect and you got all your stuff in one city you need to get to the next one and you got you, you don't have time to go home and get it <laughs> I mean if, I guess like if, we've heard this before where you get to switch clubhouses so congratulations on yeah that. yeah um, how about the days leading into it like you sort of like you, you know what teams are sort of going to be dealing right and you know what positions are going to be dealing so a lot of times there's rumor take me through the last the days leading into last year oh I mean it's uh, there's nothing you can nothing you can do really you show up to the field and and try to do uh, do your job for that day. Um, ironically enough, for me last year personally, ended up giving up the lead uh, to the Twins like two days before mm. uh, the deadline, and then uh, or the, I think the, the day before, and they got traded the very next day. So it's like I was helping out the team I was going to. Um, but you know, you, I mean, you can't think much of anything about it. Uh, rumors are rumors. Um, I don't look at any of them. Uh, don't don't see them. I don't have social media anymore, so I uh, just try to stay focused. And, yeah, but uh, your your friends and family are. This is a little the constant theme of you're, you're fending off social media, but you you just say if someone starts talking about it, I don't want to hear about it. No, I mean they know. They know yeah. I got a job to do, and uh, we take one day at a time and just try to do your job for that day. Nothing's uh, nothing certain in this game, and uh, it's a very humbling game. It can come quick, and and the end can come quick. So. Um, whether or not it's a business decision or not, we just kind of just going to show up and, and play that day and, and go try to help the team win. The it's it, I've talked to a lot of guys about like it's the weird dynamic of you're happy that someone values you, right? I mean, this is great. Like they're valuing, they're like, like, oh my goodness, this guy is going to help us. And then you have the guys that you've been with since spring training, at very least, maybe longer. I mean, that's the push and pull of it, right? Yeah, um, you know, you, you take. You take uh, a lot of thought into um, a team actually wanting to trade for you and uh, you know giving up something to, to get you to try to make a push at the playoffs and, and ultimately a World Series. But um, a part of you thinks, like, um, especially with a team like this, uh, we've got the talent to, to go win games mm-hmm. and to, to go make a push for the postseason um, and ultimately the, the World Series too. But um, you know sometimes business takes over, and when that day comes, it, it is what it is. Uh, I still believe in, in this group of guys, a great group of guys, and... On paper, we've got one of the best teams in, in the NL, I believe, um, and in the Central. So I think we're just uh, not playing our best ball right now. Uh, I think we're going to get there for sure. Uh, the second half is, is going to be big for us. I know we got some some in, a lot of in-division games that we can make up ground on. So uh, we're not giving up on, on this team yet or, or any team for that matter. The last thing is when you're – you've been on a couple different teams, but when you're integrated midway through the year into a clubhouse – 
that's a tough thing. I talked to Nate Valdi about this. When he was traded in 2018, he didn't know anybody on the Red Sox. And, you know, fortunately for him, he goes out and his first two outings are shut out eight innings apiece, right? Mm-hmm. So they say, hey, hey, welcome, come on in, let, let us buy you dinner. But that's a different thing, too, where you don't want to just come in and say, hey, everybody, I'm new. Let's, let's go. Uh, you, uh, that must be a little weird, too, right? Yeah, I mean, the first thing you talk to is, as a pitcher, you got to talk to your catchers. Um, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the guys that get traded have been in the, the game long enough to, to having faced most everybody in the league, right? So... You know, I remember uh, last year for me, I uh, got traded over the Twins, and Gary Sanchez was catching. I faced Gary plenty of times before, so he knew what I had. And getting traded into the division, um, faced all those guys uh, a lot of times for the last seven years. Um, so they know what to expect uh, to an extent, but it's kind of your thought process behind. And and you know, usually your your new coaching staff and any coaching staff is going to be good about putting priorities on on what your thought process is, what do you, what pitches you like, and what counts, uh, what happens this, this, and this, and um, just kind of getting on the same page with the, with the catcher is probably the biggest thing. All right, that's good stuff. Like I said, I've never been traded. You have, and so I, we're here to educate. So thank you. You got it. Thank you. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. All right. You want another first-round pick getting traded? Here you go. Anthony Kay, another first-round pick who was traded at a trade deadline July 28th, 2019. He was traded by the New York Mets, along with Simeon Woods Richardson, to the Toronto Blue Jays for his current teammate with the Cubs, and that's Marcus Stroman in cash. So Anthony Kay, who was a guy who was a minor leaguer at the time, relief pitcher, but... Like I said, a former first-round pick, so clearly a value, a value to the team trading for him. Here you go. Here is Anthony Kay giving his perspective and a great story when it came to how he found out. What is it like? I mean, I was talking with guys, and we, we talk about the human side of it, you know, the player, the friend side of it, the player side of it, the family side of it. For you, was it what you thought it would be like traded at the deadline? Yeah, I mean it's it's really weird. Can't really can't really explain it honestly. It's just like I think I got promoted to AAA Syracuse like two or three weeks before that, so I was like kind of just getting acclimated to that, and then all of a sudden you just got traded and had to go over to Buffalo, and it was it was just really weird, just like having to meet like a whole new set of teammates and yeah. coaching staff and all that. It was just really weird. Was it? First of all, like sometimes, you know, like I was talking to uh, Fulmer about this, about like you sort of know the teams you're on. Like a lot of times the team is going to be sellers and they're maybe, you know, you're a relief pitcher or something they're looking for. But like you said, you're in the minors. Did, did it come out of the blue? Yeah, because um, I don't even think the Mets were really like that close to being in the hunt. Mm-hmm. So they were kind of like in the middle of buying and selling. So we really weren't too sure of mm-hmm. what they were going to do. And then I remember just seeing, like, a tweet that we acquired Stroman. And, I mean, it didn't say who it was for, so I was just oh, like, really? texting my agent. And I was like... "Did you When you saw that tweet, did you think, I mean, that you could 
be involved in it. Yeah, I mean, of course you think like, oh, this could be me, but yeah. at the same time you're like, yeah, probably not. Yeah. Like, this, yeah. who knows? And then, you know, I think in a matter of like five to ten minutes, did they found out it was it was me. Do they? <laughs> do they? Do they call? I mean, how's that? Or again, I've never been traded, so I don't know. <laughs> do they call you? I mean, do they? You see the tweet. You wonder, you call your agent, and then yeah. does the, the front office call you or something, or the manager? Yeah, so I think I saw, like, the, the tweet first that it was me, and then, like, a minute later I got okay. a call from someone in the Mets organization saying that I got traded and then, like, hung up with them and then got a call from the Jays' front office immediately. Okay, that. so that's a long minute. I <laughs> yeah. So when you see the tweet, are you, are you like, to your buddies or, like, hey? <laughs> like what, what? So we had an off day, actually, and I was – just like in the Syracuse Mall with my girlfriend at the time, now wife. And, uh, yeah, we were going to see a movie, and then she was, like, crying because she... You were going into the movie? Yeah. So we were from New York, so she was, like, pretty upset that we were moving, like, away from being in New York when, if I ever got called up at the time. So she was a little upset about that. Oh, man. She quickly got over it. Did you go to the movie? (laughs) No, we never ended up What was the movie? This is... Uh, it was the Toy Story at the time, the new Toy Story. I don't even remember which one it is. At right, this you, point. Didn't, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> um, so then, so you get traded, then you go through this, and then so you go to, um, like you said, a new team. It doesn't matter if it's the minor leagues or the major leagues, whatever. These guys, your your guys, <laughs> you yeah, at least have, have come up through spring training with maybe longer, and now you're. Hey everybody! Hello, my name is. You yeah, know? yeah, it's really weird. I think we ended up playing Syracuse like a week later too, which yeah. made it even more, yeah. even more weird because then I was facing all those guys. So, yeah, it was just weird having to, you know, meet a whole new set of teammates and all that. How long? And then the other part of it is, is you know, you're relying on catchers as a pitcher. You're relying on catchers, right? Yeah. And that's one of the things that we, Fulmer was just talking about. Like you get. The first person you talk to is catchers. Hey, I throw this or I throw this. It's just a weird thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing is just trying to get on the same page as them. Yeah. Trying to get let them know you a little bit. But here's the thing. The fact is that when you get traded for, like, as much as you're leaving Bay behind people, they want you, right? Oh, no, yeah, it's definitely That's a good cool, thing, right? Yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a good thing because, you know, the other team wants you and, hmm. you know, like you're you're welcome and they're, they're here to, you know, kind of develop you and make you into a better player. So do you still look at trade rumors on social media or no? Um, I try not to, but, I mean, it's impossible to stay away from. <laughs> it's all over the place. So. You know, I follow all those those reporters and everything. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, listen, it's listen. tough to stay away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, and even if you're off, like, your friends and family. You oh, know. yeah, they're always telling you everything. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, thank you for the perspective because I don't have – I've never been traded. <laughs> yeah. All right, to finish things off, Jake Varia of the Red Sox organization for now. And Jake Faria, obviously you may know him from his work with Tampa Bay Rays. Great guy, great guy to talk to as well. And I just want to remind everybody, everybody, subscribe, rate, review. Thank you for everybody who's already done it. We really appreciate it. We're going to keep on growing, and we're going to grow even more in the coming weeks. So when I say the coming weeks, I mean the next two weeks leading to the trade deadline. We're going to keep giving you this sort of content, give you perspective that you can't get anywhere else. I could wax poetic, which I probably will, on the trade deadline and what, what I think is going to happen, so forth and so on. But let's have people who are there, who are in the know. The last guy they're going to do it with is Jake Faria. July 31st, 2019, he was traded a minor leaguer, was traded 
by the Rays to the Brewers for a veteran Jesus Aguilar. So that's street cred right there. Listen to Jake Free. He's excellent talking about this in terms of how it affects his family, how it affects his wife, and how it affects a guy who had never gone through this before. Hope you enjoyed all these interviews. We'll keep them coming. It's going to be a great week. All right, so now I'm going to ask you about trade deadline. Um, This is a fun conversation. Everyone has a different story, and not everyone. I've never been traded the trade deadline. Um, So tell me about your story, how that came about. How, how that came about? Um, was it expected? The the day happened, like all of it. Um, I think it. Well, that season, 2019, I was I got option out of spring training, and I've just been up and down. I've been a, I've been a shuttle guy. I was starting in AAA. I called up, put in the pen. So I was like, once I got put in the pen in AAA, and I started throwing really really well, but wasn't sticking in the big leagues. Even after like doing well in my short stints up there I kind of saw it coming um, I was out of options after 2019 um, you know I'd been there long enough to kind of read the writing on the wall uh, I thought it was going to be like a minor, I thought it would be way earlier in the season I thought it would be a minor league deal I thought it would all like just be thrown in you know me and three other dudes thrown in for somebody and uh, so I actually I, got, I get called up I'm, I don't remember where we I think we came in from New York or no Toronto we came in from Toronto into Boston and uh, day before the trade deadline I'm at dinner with my wife for my birthday actually and we're just like yeah you know we're like let's enjoy our last day of peace because we're pretty sure we're going to get traded tomorrow and literally the next morning it was like I woke up at like 9am just ready for a phone like sat there in my bed watching MLB Network waiting for a phone call and uh, I think at like 10 or 11 got a call from man your instincts are key yeah my, the funny thing is it's more my like it's more my wife like my wife I, I firmly believe my wife wanted she could have a very high like a high level job in baseball like she knows she predicts moves like months before they're made like it's nuts but so we're sitting there and like 10 or 11 a.m. I get a call from the Braves GM, Eric Neander GM at the time and uh, just said, hey, you know, we're moving, we're sending you to Milwaukee. And I was like, oh, like, who's coming with me? And nobody. It's just me and me for Jesus Aguilar. I thought that was actually really cool. It was just a straight up big league trade. Right. Well, that's what that's one of the things. It's like, there's so many elements of this the family element, the, the build up element, and also, like, who am I getting traded for? Right. So, I, uh, then the, the Brewers GM called me and was like, hey, look, you know, just hold tight right now. We don't. We're looking at some other moves. If we don't make them, you're going to come meet us in the big leagues. If we do make them, probably going to option you. That's what it ended up happening. They got Drew Pomeranz from San Francisco. I got sent down. Um, but I was just happy that it's always a nice feeling to, like when somebody else wants wants you. you. Yeah. You know, it, it it's a tough feeling to feel like your your team doesn't want you anymore. But on the flip side, somebody does want you. So that was the way I was looking at it. Was another team likes me enough to you know bring me on and um my i flew out, i flew out the next day straight to uh san antonio which would worked out great because my i have family there my wife's family there but my wife had to fly to north carolina because i was all my i had a full apartment in durham so she had to fly to north carolina get all my stuff out of my locker out of our apartment her mom flew in from vegas to north carolina they yeah. drove my truck from from uh, Durham down to Tampa 
and unpacked a storage unit that we had there all in like two days like it my wife had a way tougher trade deadline than I did <laughs> like it, it was ins- like it was nuts like they we had a full like three like three bedroom townhouse worth of stuff in the storage unit and she got either she sorted through all of it and kept what we wanted and just donated the rest of it like had a had a truck come pick it up and take it to a a goodwill I don't know where it went but she got rid of she sorted through it in like five hours it's people don't like understand like this is the part of right. it and then uh, <laughs> and then uh yeah, she had my truck on a on a, a shipping truck like like the next day and went from there. So the last thing is, and you maybe answer the question, you follow the trade deadline, um, but like, do you do you have it's sport for us, right? It's like the right. sport, but for for your for your wife, it must be it seems like more of a hobby than even you. Yeah, I mean, she is just as invested in this as I am I mean she's because every everything that happens to me affects her just as much you know I like getting called last night I text her I was like I'm going up and she scrambled she got a flight here like she's already she's in like she got to Chicago before I did like she literally like she landed two hours before I did and uh, you know if something happens and I you know whatever, wherever I go from whether it's stay with the team or you know go back to Worcester or wherever it is she's the one that has to work and like organize getting us back there yeah and it, so she's just as invested in all this if not more like because she has to deal with the stuff off the field which is way tougher than on the field yeah and she does all that so it's it's nice <laughs> it's really nice having her here with me <laughs> that's great perspective I really appreciate it yeah, thanks of course. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from Sky skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.